an epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. Okay, so Lombardi line on a Saturday as we head into March here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Patrick Maher live from the VSIN studios here at the South Point. Michael Lombardi there in Jersey. Uh, a couple news and notes when it comes to the NFL. I think we should, you know what, let's take a break today on Aaron Rodgers. I think Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. could use a break from Aaron Rodgers, frankly. I think everybody could. So we'll, we'll move on from that, and we'll talk about him, and we're going to get into the Giants tomorrow with Michael Lombardi. Uh, a couple news and notes, though. One... Stephen Bond has here the Colts actively looking for Wentz's replacement. I asked if there's any updates there because we have been hearing this for a bit. Are you hearing any more information on Wentz and the Colts looking to replace him? Well, I think they're all in. I mean, they obviously are going to go down through every single alternative and see what they can do, what it's going to take. Uh, you know, they know where they are with Wentz. I mean, they tried to fix him. They gave it their they gave it all their effort when they reviewed their tape and they saw the mistakes he made in these close games and really prevented them from going to a playoff. I mean, this is a team that should have been in the playoffs, mm-hmm. you know. And I think it really affected them. I think when you look at what they've been able to do defensively, you know, they bring Gus Bradley in, which I think is even though I'm not a huge fan of that scheme, I think it gives them a little bit more ability to play some man. Play play more more different in their front than they did under Eberflus. So I think that certainly is going to help them. And uh, you know they've got to fix. I mean, when you have a back and able to run the ball as effectively as the as the Colts can do, you just need to make sure the quarterback doesn't kill you. And, and I mean that's really what he did. And, and they can't bring him back in there. I think they're they're at the point where. They, they've got to move on. They made a mistake. They traded away a first-round pick. It's going to bite them. But over the 17 games that they watched this player, they felt like, particularly at the end of the year, when the, you know we called him Ricky Fowler for a reason, because when the game was on the line and he had a win, you know he couldn't do it. And, you know, and, and I think that ultimately was the, was the case, and, and it cost him. Yeah, no, you mentioned sophomore year for Jonathan Taylor. They got a huge step up in productivity. And remember, last year, not this past year, but the year before, they went to Buffalo with Phillip Rivers and played great. Could have won that game, right? Wasn't that in Buffalo the yeah. postseason? That was, it was in Buffalo. I mean, was a, I mean, if Frank Wright doesn't go for it down in the red zone and he just takes some of the points and doesn't get, you know, I mean, they got a chance to win that game. And frankly, they're driving at the end of the game to win the game. You know, and yep. they turned the ball over, you know, and so they had a chance then. 
But I, I think, you know, look, they come off the bye week after they beat Houston. They shut Houston out 31 to nothing. Then they go back and they beat New England on the, on the, on the Saturday afternoon game. New England's got a chance to almost put the game, you know, get back in the game after they had the big lead. Wentz turns the ball over in that game. They beat the Cardinals basically because they did a good job of managing the football in that game. Then they come home and they lose to a Raider team that they had no business losing to. You know, that was a no terrible loss. To was yeah, he didn't make plays. Now, he had COVID that week, right? So he had COVID, so he missed all his week of practice. But, you know, they turned the ball over. They didn't turn the ball over in the game. They just didn't execute what they needed to do. They had 262 yards of offense in the game, you know. And I think at this point, at some point when you are a, an executive in the league, Chris Ballard and Frank Wright, at some point you reach the conclusion that we know who he is. And I think they know who Wentz is, and they and they got to move on from Wentz, and they've got to take the 15 million and turn it into another player. Is it Garoppolo? Could be. Garoppolo would play well for them. I mean, Garoppolo would do for them what what he kind of does for San Francisco, which he even you know he helped them get to a Super Bowl. I know Amal's probably going to shake in his boots on that comment, but he contributed to that. Plus, he's more of a of a guy in the locker room that I think Wentz just doesn't project in terms of being the guy that can lead the team. I think Jacksonville, that loss to Jacksonville just kind of did. The organization was just like, you know what? That's it. We saw enough. Sometimes you, it, the, the best remedy is to move on from your mistakes as soon as possible. And like you said, they gave up the first rounder. It turned into a first rounder. Uh, but the Colts got to move on. The question is where they're going to move on to. But they got the run game. They got the offensive line. Go ahead. It's only a mistake if if you continue to let it go, right. either coaching it or allowing it to happen. And I think the Colts have reached it. Look, we're not going down this road again. You know, we're just not going to do this. We're going to go outside and we're going to fix it and we're going to acknowledge that we blew it and we're going to take we're going to take our our lumps. We won't have a first round pick. That being said, we're going to try to fix this. How they fix it, that's anyone's guess, right? So they will be active. They'll be aggressive because they feel like they've got a really good team that's a quarterback short, yep. like I'm sure Denver feels. I mean, it's an arms race between Denver and Indy, right? Both, both organizations think they have really good teams, and yet they just don't have the quarterback, and both teams have cap room. Okay, next topic, I'm going to need some transparency here. Have you heard from Monday Night Football or Amazon about potentially joining a booth, Michael Lombardi? No, no, kid, no. Did you just, do, uh, I mean, did you just go Al Davis on me with the no? No, no, uh, no, no. <laughs> I, I think to me, you know, that this whole, this whole booth thing is fascinating, you know, and it's coming at a timely manner for me, especially as I'm writing this chapter on television and the impact that it has in, in, in football and how it really launched it from Monday night in 1970 when Howard Cosell took over and really dominated the, the booth in a three-man booth. And then with Brent and the NFL today and then, of course, Madden, those, the combination of those three storms really has has. Uh, enhance the game tremendously that you can't really put a value on. But I, I think we, we have got to, when Monday Night Football was introduced, it was something different. And the media critics all across the country destroyed it. They destroyed it. They said this three-man booth won't work. It's horrible. Cosell's bad. And yet it became the most popular show on television. And, 
And I think that's where we are again. I think that this idea that, you know, people are going to tune into ESPN because they've hired a new replacement, I think is somewhat, it's got to be more engaged to the better. And I think we're missing a huge market. I think that's one of the great things about what the NFL today did with Brent because Brent understood that. And Brent was was able to, standing next to the Greek, and they had that giant board. Brent tells the story of how, when they started the NFL today, how he got, was called over to the uh, to Pete Rozelle's office, and he and the Greek, when they hired him, went over and they walked over with with uh, Bob Wessler, and they sat down with Rozelle, and they were in an hour meeting, and Rozelle basically at the end of the meeting told Brent, "Look, no pluses, no minuses, don't talk point spread, but go at it." And Brent, on the walk back to BlackRock, decided to come up with that giant board. You remember that giant board they had in front of them, where the checks were, and then they and Brent's ability to to really kind of play it off was fascinating. And then so the viewer at home kind of knew what I think was the underlying current, and we're seeing this so obvious today. We saw New Jersey's record number of of, of book of gamblings in sports is back then, back then. It was as popular then as it was now. There just wasn't avenues as easy accessible to it. It's a little bit like Prohibition was popular in Chicago and nobody paid attention to it. They just were giving out booze, right? It's the same thing. I mean, Jimmy the Greek tells the story that when he was growing up, he didn't realize gambling was illegal until he got to 25. Now, there's some humor in that commentary, but I think he certainly felt that way. And I think we're missing that. And I think they're missing it again. Now that betting is legal and they're just making these boosts to be what some analysts saying, as opposed to helping the better out as it goes along with in-game betting, I think they're missing a huge market. Yeah, the contradiction of the NFL trying to pretend like they were keeping distance from betting while betting aided the popularity of the sport for all these years. I mean, betting and fantasy essentially catapulted this sport into a realm where nothing's close you know, I was telling Bill Berman yesterday, it's a fascinating story, uh, is that really during this period that Brent was doing the NFL today and Cosell was really doing Monday Night Heat, they put him, whoever they put in the booth with him, people were going to pay attention to him. But in 1964, Macy's department store decided to have a hotline so kids could call Santa, okay? And... All these kids from the New York area started to call Santa and talk to St. Nick and tell him what they wanted for Christmas. Well, the phone lines got overwhelmed and the New York systems broke down. And they had to repair them and they had to be able to handle the volume of calls. Almost eight years later, the invention of the sports phone, you're probably too young to remember this, but when I was in college and when I was growing up, we didn't get scores. We didn't know. You had to call into the phone. You had to call this sports phone. You had to call this sports phone that really started because of Macy Santa. And this sports phone during the time that Brent was doing games on the NFL today was so was so in demand, you know, that it was became a huge thing. And Brent on Sunday from 1230 to 7 was providing what the sports phone, what you had to pay for for the sports phone, because there were all these people that were betting and they couldn't know what they didn't know what the scores were. <laughs> No, when I started betting, I called into a service. This is before the internet, kids. I used to call into a service to get scores, get updates. I had a ticker. Like, I had a pager. Like, you pay a ticker like a dork. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, you're. I mean, we, and so I think to me, the the part of this the story is, and I don't know how we got on this subject, but that the story is is that the 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 influence of gambling has always been what's driving. Why was Monday night so popular? I think Cosell was fabulous. He was willing to as he would say, say it like it is. If we see it, we have to say it. He was opinionated. He was entertaining. and that. But also, we know Monday night was the only game the better, and there were a lot of them, the $5 cards or the $1 cards, that could watch the game and know what their bets were going to do when they went to bed. But your point about Brent and how he would surreptitiously kind of get the angles and the numbers and the totals, he would do it like slyly, surreptitiously. That's Brent. Brent must, he's GOAT. He's the GOAT. Goated status. He really is. And he deserves, and and what's fascinating is I was telling this to Christopher Russo the other day. We were talking about it. Brent and Howard never won the Pete Rosell Award. It's incredible. How is that possible? It's incredible. We come back, Baylor, Kansas. That's incredible. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on v featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, it's Express Bet. That's the way to go. Sign up now. New customers get 10 bucks instantly and up to a $1,000 bonus. Use that promo code VEGAS1000 when you sign up. And remember, for everything horse racing here at VSIN, it's vsin.com slash horses for details. Okay, we welcome you back. Lombardi Line got Baylor, Kansas. I should say Kansas Baylor coming up in just a little bit. Uh, Waco, we'll get to that matchup. Michael, I've been Michael Lombardi, of course, there in Jersey. I've been I've been saying it's almost like we talked about this year's tournament being completely wide open. Remember, yeah. UCLA last year had to play a playing game. They were one of the last four yeah. to get in and made a run to the finals. But so I kind of been saying 12 teams, 12 teams, 12 teams, I think can win it. So Stephen Bond took advantage of me and said, can you give me your 12 teams? So I'm going to show you a graphic they put together, which is pretty embarrassing. Love it. Anyway, let's go ahead and throw it up here. These are my 12. 
and I did put them in order so you can balk with them. Now, again, an, Arcan an Arkansas team, there are teams outside of this list that can do yeah, like we no. saw it last year with UCLA. But I'm going to start with the team that you in uh, St. Mary's tonight could give them a, a run. But Gonzaga, I got as the number one overall seed. I mean, they're beating teams by 25 points. I had to put them one, right? Oh, you've got to respect them. There's no doubt. I think you have to respect them. And I think your, your list is really good. I think, you know, to me today, Purdue, when they play Michigan State, the concern you have is Michigan State's really good at defending the three-point line. Can Purdue make those shots? They're all about the matchups. But I love your list. I love the donuts. I mean, I mean, who doesn't <laughs> love anything in a Krispy Kreme box? Are you a donut Bond, guy? Wonderful. Uh, are you a donut guy? I'm a fat guy, Patrick. Dude, a fat will guy, you we stop calling yourself fat? I didn't say I want to know, do you like donuts? Oh, donuts. I, see, I, I don't mean, like them. Little... They're too, like, sugar in the morning doesn't do it for me. I don't know what it is. God bless you. I wish I had that problem. No, there's a little donut shop here in the town. I mean, I told you, as a kid, I used to go down to Wards and get two donuts every morning on my way to school. But anyway, on my bike into the wind, those bring back memories. But I, I think that that box of donuts you have there, I think there's anyone's, like, no one could argue with those 12 teams. Well, maybe you'd reorder you it. Let's throw it up there. See, I might, I, no, I'm looking I, at my I, list I now. Purdue might be too high. Um, you could say Illinois doesn't deserve to be in the 12 with the loss. Um, Arizona maybe jumps Baylor with the injury with Baylor. Maybe Arizona. Arizona's disrespected because Arizona does everything great. So maybe yeah. Arizona at four. I, 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 maybe that's the one I'd move up just a little bit. Femi's, you know, Femi's got, he's analyzing. You okay with that list, Femi? He says get Purdue out of there. So me having Purdue five, uh, Femi is, feels like it's disrespectful to the rest of the class there. <laughs> you know, I think you got Villanova in there. I, I mean, I think it's a good list. You've got Houston in there. Uh, you know, I, I can't really disagree with you. I think you've got them all down there. I, I think you got, you know, you got our Texas Tech team in there. Uh, so what's the surprise team that you, you know, I, I don't know how you could disagree with it. I think Purdue, you know, if you just went off Ken Palm's 12, I mean, I, I think you've got yeah. pretty much most of them I didn't in get there. crazy. Uh, you know, I didn't get crazy. You know, but uh, I mean, like, you know, is UConn, could UConn slip in that? Yeah, I mean, UConn's not in the 12 today, but the way UConn played, they beat Villanova the other night. They're playing really well. Uh, they're 20 and 7 overall. I mean, I think certainly they could qualify as much as anybody. But uh, I think you have your 12. I think that's the point. I think your point here is is take these teams. If I were going to do this as a better at home, I would take, I would take five of these teams. I'd make sure they were highly rated on, on defense. I'd make sure they were really good at, at, at free throws. And I'd make sure that they had a senior leadership or a veteran team like Villanova. And I would play the odds on those teams. And, and see if I could win and see if I could find it. And would still play Kentucky, would still play, you know, the Baylor teams and Kansas. I, I think you have it right. I think, look, the, the, the Big 12 is a really good conference. And I think you have, what, three of the teams in the Big 12 in there? Yeah, the Big In Arizona, you know, Arizona today, uh, they're at Colorado. They're laying, what, from 10.5 down to 9.5. They just beat – who was it? Utah at Utah by 20. I mean, Arizona, Arizona is really, first off, a first year coach, Tommy Lloyd, 
is they're going to win the Pac-12, obviously. They're efficient. They play with tempo. They get up and down. They're a fun team to watch. And they're super international. You notice the game going more international, Michael? Like, no Matt Thurin, yeah. I, think, I think he's Canadian. Tubelis is from Lithuania. They're three big players. Uh, Coloco's from Cameroon. Um, but they're, they're getting it done. Arizona's a very good basketball team. They do everything well. I mean, they have the three best players in the conference, one, two, and three. That You just named them. And they're the best defensive team in the conference. I mean, they're six in free throw shooting. Uh, they're the second best defensive team in the conference. You know, they, they, they can defend um, and, they, and they can score. I mean, what, what, what's not to Rebound, like Rebound, block shots. I mean, they, this Tommy Lloyd, this is a kid that came from uh, Gonzaga, a longtime assistant there with few at Gonzaga. It comes in. I mean, it really, it really kind of highlights the Miller brothers. Remember, Miller out in Indiana, and Indiana's taking a step forward. And Sean Miller out Arizona, here comes a first-year head coach, and he's got him ranked two in the country. And he had to do it all. It's basically a new team. It's basically a new team. I mean, here's the thing, Patrick. They, their offensive efficiency is so good. They shoot 57.3 inside the three-point line. Yeah, 57.3 inside the three-point line. And they're not a bad three-point shooting team. They shoot 34% from there. And they play great tempo. Like, to me, them playing Gonzaga, you know, now that probably wouldn't happen until they got to the Final Four because I think Arizona's going to be a one seed outside the West. Maybe in the Midwest, you would think they would be, right? But assuming that it all goes to plan. But, look, they're, they're good. They're going to be a hard out. You know, they're going to be a hard out. That's why if UCLA ends up as the two seed in the West, that's going to be a tough one for them, too. Yeah, and Gonzaga, I think this is a better team. I know you love Suggs, but Chet Holmgren is going to be, I mean, seven foot. He, he weighs 120 pounds, but he is. He needs ankle weights. He, yeah. he needs ankle weights more than anybody. But with him and Timmy, they are, again, this was a 31-0 team last year, and I think this team's better. They're beating teams by an average of 25 points. Gonzaga's got a matchup tonight. They beat St. Mary's by 16 at home. They go on the road, and I believe the number tonight, I was just talking to Femi about this one, they're laying 11 on the road at St. Mary's. This is a huge game for a ranked St. Mary's team. A huge game for them. I mean, and, and, and it's a huge game for them, and they're 11-point dogs. <laughs> I mean, think about that. I mean, it's a huge game, and the, and the line's 11. And I'm looking forward. I want to see where the, where the, the action is. And they are unbeaten at home. They're, they're unbeaten at home this season, the Gales. So we shall see. 16, yeah, yeah Gonzaga won by the, 16 earlier. And they're just, look, look Gonzaga is it's just a team that, if you talk about tempo, if you can't, if you can't defend they, in transition, they, they, you're done. Yeah, they're you're done. They're gonna they're gonna run you out of the barn. I mean, they're gonna really run you out of the barn. And and I think what happens is too is is the longer the game goes, their conditioning takes over, and that's why we saw San Francisco the other night kind of stay with them a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then by the third, by the midway through the second half, they, it was over, and they just blew, they they covered that spread. Yeah, and the WCC is more competitive this year. We mentioned two two ranked teams in Gonzaga and St. Mary's. San Francisco's had a hell of a year. And uh, Santa, Santa Clara is a good basketball team. So those are two at the top, uh, four teams at the top that are respectable. You know, it's a good conference that doesn't no. get talked about either is a Mountain West here. Yeah, Mountain West is actually, according to Kempom, Mountain West is actually slightly better than the West, West Coast. I mean, West Coast is, if you look at it based on the rating, they would be 12 points less than the Big 12. 
I mean, that's the difference in level of competition from, and the Big 12 is the number one conference, according to Ken Palm, and the West Coast is the ninth. So, you know, as all these numbers add up, they're going against a different level. That's why the Big 12 numbers, when you put the numbers that the Big 12, Texas Tech has, Baylor has, Kansas has, you put those numbers together, you're playing against elite competition night after night. Yeah. Same and, thing with the Southeast Conference. And that's why you continue to doubt Gonzaga a little bit, and I think you're in the right to do so. You take a look at the Big 12 quickly. Obviously, Kansas is a lock. They're at Baylor. Baylor is a lock. Texas Tech's a lock. Texas is a lock to get in. Should be in. Iowa State should be in. Some work to do for TCU, but Oklahoma's got some work to do. Uh, Kansas State's got some work to do, but that is, that's a loaded conference right there. No doubt. I mean, it's 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 filled, and you know, I, I think at the end of the day, you know, it, 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 that's going to pay dividends when you get through that conference. When you get through there, that's going to pay huge dividends because you're battle tested. There's something about being battle tested that I think is so important. I think it's really the the most critical component of it all. The Big Ten as well. I mean, the Big Ten's loaded, but the Big Ten. We talk about the Big Ten every year, and then come tournament time, they start to slowly bow out. Big Ten, Purdue's in, Wisconsin's in, Illinois's in, Ohio State's in. Ohio State, that was a great win, Michael, at Illinois. Again, I keep on stressing that, but and they have experience with Liddell. That was a great win this week at Illinois for Ohio yeah. State. And going back to St. Mary's, I mean, there's really no money coming in on St. Ma- there's really the, the St. Mary's, the betting splits here, we've got 4,000 tickets on them, 4,198. 86% of those tickets are written up on Gonzaga. But, but. St. Mary's is getting all the money. They got 72% of the money. So the line opened at 11. It went back to 10.5, and, and now it's back to 11. So even though they're not getting the money, Gonzaga still that line stays frozen because I think the, the, the book doesn't really want to move it because they're always concerned about the level that Gonzaga can take their game to. Gonzaga 3.5 to 1 here at the South Point to win the tournament. That is a short, short number. BetMGM's got them 4 to 1. Thomas Gable next. Listening to the Lombardi Line on VSEN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, get everything you need to bet the madness this year 24 7 video streaming, daily best bet emails. We send them right to your email inbox. Our tournament betting guide, including advice, data, and strategy. Only for 19 bucks. Whether you're filling out a bracket or betting against the spread, our team is here to get you ready for every game and every round of the tournament. Get analysis from our experts, including Greg Hoops-Peterson, on every key team, conference, and player to watch, from the favorites to potential Cinderella's. Think UCLA. Sign up today to get the betting guide, plus full access to VSIN through April 5th. It's 19 bucks. Bill AD, you crazy. $19. VSIN.com slash madness. It is VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. This is the Lombardi Line. He's Michael Lombardi. I'm Patrick Maher. And we welcome in a gentleman that runs the race and sports book there at the Borgata. And he is a college hoops expert, TG, Thomas Gable. What's cracking, Thomas? How are you guys? Michael, big question. Are you back on the Sixers bandwagon at this point? Are you so still back. sticking with Miami Heat? Unfortunately, Thomas, I humbly admit to you that I have gone completely on the other side. I, I they they lured me back in. I couldn't help my. But it was there were seven minutes to go in the first quarter, and I was all the way back in. It was a tragic. You know, they wore the white <laughs> uniforms. That always gets me every time. You know, and so yeah, I'm in. I mean, I'm fully in. I'm I'm optimistic. I feel good about it. And so, 
Yeah, we'll see. I know I'm going to get disappointed, but at least I don't have to watch, you know, uh, some bad shooting going on. I feel like I'm the rebirth. When George McGinnis came years ago, I don't know if you remember when he first came before Doc showed up, you know, that that kind of got me going, but I never was quite. And then when Doc showed up, it was all over. (laughs) And to be fair, Thomas, last night was a dazzling performance by Harden and Philadelphia. They were super efficient last night. Oh yeah, they were clicking on all cylinders last night. I listen. I don't think it's going to be that easy every night, but um, uh, they they certainly uh, came to play last night. Hey Thomas, what did you have the game on in the big board at the Borgata? Hey, yes, we did. We did. And, and what uh, was you know, the reaction? The been, what what was? They've been taking a lot of interest. Uh, I mean, ever since the Harden trade there on on the tenth of uh, this month. You know, the, the futures for Philadelphia have been bet, getting bet here. And, you know, this was a team that I think a lot of the Sixers faithful just had given up on after last season and didn't, didn't believe that they could really make a deep run this year. And, and until um, you see what happened there with the tra- at the trade deadline, and, and now they're all in. Now they're all in on the Sixers. As is Love it. Michael Lombardi. Unfortunately, yeah, we all we all fall prey to it. I understand it. Yes, we do. We were debating. I want to get into Purdue at Michigan State East Lansing today. You can set up the number. Thomas, I was just debating this during the break with Femi. Their inability to defend is an issue for Purdue. They're awesome on offense. Where do you stand on Purdue? Then set up the number for us. So, Purdue, I, I, I really like Purdue. I really like this team overall. Obviously, they're tremendous offensively, but yes, on the defensive end, they are certainly lacking. Uh, but in this game here, Michigan State really needs to hold the home court here to turn things around for them. Um, Purdue's four-and-a-half-point favorites. Touch five-and-a-half. Uh, got up at the five-and-a-half. It came back down. Uh, Spartans so started off this season great fashion. The wheels started to come off a little bit. Purdue, on the other hand, they've been really strong all season with the exception of that. They had a loss there to Michigan by 24 points and then a road loss to Indiana, which at this point doesn't look real great. But um, this is a team, they can beat you inside and out, with obviously with Zach Eady there at center. But even if Eady's on the bench, uh, they have Trevion Williams, who plays great with great power on the blocks. He rebounds well. He can shoot for a big man. And then, of course, on the outside, you have Jaden Ivey, who's extremely athletic. He can take anyone off the dribble, and he can ratchet down on defense. And they have great role players. And this is a team, when you look at their makeup from top to bottom, you realize they have many of the pieces needed to make a Final Four run. Um, defensively, yes, they're, they're certainly, I think, one of the weaker defensive teams that I would put in that top tier of teams in the country. But uh, I think that they can absolutely, with the way that they're made up, they can make a deep run here. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that that's really the question is, is can they play good enough defense in the, in the moments? You know, and today when they go against Michigan State, are they going to be, you know, Michigan State, that they shoot 38%, 38.7 from the three-point line, and Michigan State is the, uh, from the three-point line, and Michigan State is the best defensive team defending the three-point line. So something's going to give here today. I just, to me, Thomas, I worry about teams that are so bad defensively, and they rank the 11th in the Big Ten in defense, and can they put together enough good moments on the court is there is this a tournament where the offense can take over 
I'm not sure this has ever been the case. Yeah, you're not wrong. Kentucky, Arkansas. This is one we were talking early in the show about. Can't wait for it. The backcourt, Wheeler and Ty Ty Washington, not going to be there for Kentucky for the most part, uh, but they've won without them. What do you got here, Kentucky, Arkansas, Thomas? Yeah, have you seen that if they've been ruled out officially? I, I had it this I morning as, as, as guest game time, and then some of the blogs I was reading said that it looks like they're not going to play, so I want to be careful and say they could play. Uh, it's a game time decision with Wheeler and Washington. Yeah, I've seen them questionable. Yeah, I've seen them questionable. I, I think leaning that they're not going to play is certainly the smart uh, smart way to go here. Uh, Arkansas, two-and-a-half-point favorites at home. Uh, the totals dropped from 144.5 to, down to 143.5. And this is a great matchup, obviously, in the SEC. Um, Razorback team that plays great toughness on defensively. They have won three in a row coming in this game. And they'll finish with a tough three-game stretch to close out the regular season. I give Musselman a lot of credit. This team didn't quit when they had that really bad stretch there from mid-December to the beginning of January where they lost five of six. And then they came back and reeled off nine wins in a row. So now we know how good Kentucky is, and this is certainly a team that has the potential to win it all. Uh, I just John Calipari, I don't believe, is focused necessarily winning the SEC regular season title. He's more concerned about March and making sure this team is healthy for the tournament. And they have bench players who are getting a lot of valuable experience right now that will certainly benefit them in the long run. And, you know, Ty Ty Washington, Wheeler, both questionable for this game. You haven't seen either play in the last two games. I just figure Kentucky's going to remain conservative here, keep them out today. Cal Perry is much more worried about what's going to happen in uh, the March tournament than he is here on this regular season game against Arkansas. Uh, but, obviously, they need a win here today, and I hope uh, Auburn loses there at Tennessee if uh, they're going to claim the SEC regular season championship. There it is, Kentucky, Arkansas. Well, uh, let's see. Uh, let's go straight to the Des Moines pick because I want to make sure we get yeah. it in. We're digging deep today, TG, mm-hmm. as per usual. What do we got here for Thomas Gable's Des Moines special? Yeah, so this is South Dakota State. Um, and this is a team that we're going up against UMKC here today. The, the, the South Dakota State team is one we haven't talked about before, but we need to. They're, they're 17-0 and in the Summit League. And that's tied for the longest win streak in Division One basketball right now with uh, Gonzaga and Murray State. But this is the best three-point shooting team in the country. And I know this is a team that's not really on the radar for a lot of college basketball fans who are only starting to kind of get into the sport now that football is finished. But this is a team that can put up a lot of points. And I wanted to focus on them because if they get into the tournament, they can absolutely pull off some upsets. Defensively, they aren't great but they will look to get into shootouts with teams because they know they can put up a lot of points on the board. And uh, we're going to go over the total here of 150-and-a-half and and for the Des Moines special. Do you like that? Do you like the point spread? I mean, South Carolina, I mean, when you say they, they're good from three-point line, that's an understatement. 45.7% yes. from the three-point line. They shoot almost 80% from the three-throw line. I mean, you know, and and they are – you talk about a team that's dominated their conference. They have dominated their conference. They are – yes, they're the best three-point shooting team in the country. Not in the conference, in the country. They are the best. Yeah. Real quick, before we say goodbye, would you lay the three-and-a-half with Tennessee hosting Auburn today? Auburn's been shaky on the road as of late. 
They've been very shaky on the road, and that's what kind of gives you pause here. And Tennessee is tremendous at home. And, um, you know, listen, they, the, the volunteers, they're pretty good defensively. They'll bring a lot of pressure. They can create turnovers, and they make you speed up on offense when you don't necessarily want to. But um, the defense has not been the issue for Rick Barnes' squad. It's been finding consistency on offense. They sometimes play that three-point guard lineup, which is definitely unusual, cause some problems there. But I think with Auburn's struggle on the road and on the road, and um, Tennessee being so good at home, you'd have to lean Tennessee here with this one. Yeah, Tennessee when they get into the half court offensively, just they're just disjointed. Painful. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, it's, it's tough to watch. watch. Get in transition, they're fine. Thomas Gable, director of race and sportsbook, there at the Borgata. Thank you, TG. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks, TG. All right, thank you, guys. All right, there he goes, Thomas Gable. Coming up next, Wes Reynolds is going to join us. Wes and Femi are on after us here on Visa and the Sports Betting Network, but Wes is going to sit in for a segment, get some college plays. As we continue along, M. Lombardi NFL at VSIN Live on Twitter, and everything you need is at vsin.com. Come on back. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. All right, it's BetMGM tonight. The association NBA simply plays the $10 money line wager on any game. Pick a game. If either team hits a three pointer, you're going to win 200 bucks. Paid for in free bets. You have to use the bonus code VSIN200. It's VSIN200. Anybody hits a three pointer tonight, if you bet 10 bucks, you're going to win it. BetMGM reward points can also be redeemed for online bonuses converted into comps at over 20 MGM resorts nationwide. BetMGM is a proud, a proud authorized sponsor of the NBA. Imagine that. BetMGM.com. Download the app. And if you have a gambling problem, it's 1-800-GAMBLER. Michael Lombardi there in Jersey. I'm Patrick Maher here in Vegas. Femi and Wes are coming up next. So Wes was nice enough to sit in with us. We'll set up the poll question, which Stephen Bond has for us here, Michael Lombardi. And we'll get the results tomorrow here on the Lombardi line. So 
This one's pretty straightforward. Who would you bet on to win the NCAA championship? You got Gonzaga at four to one. Kentucky eight. Actually, Gonzaga's shorter here. We got them like three and a half to one here at South Point. But Gonzaga four to one. Kentucky eight to one. Arizona eight to one. You got Auburn ten to one on the board. Get your results in, and we'll have the results tomorrow. What do you got on that as far as value, Michael? Uh, let me think here. I, I like Kentucky at plus 800. I've been liking them all year. I mean, I think that's, to me, it's a, I, I think that number, and I would love to know, Wes, what you think. I think that number is going to shrink down to three to one before the tournament starts. What do you think, Wes? Yeah, I agree with you, Michael. I actually bet these guys back in December. I took 16 to one. So obviously you're not going to get anywhere close to that price from now here on out. But if you look at Kentucky, they're still winning here late in the season. Now, I, I don't think they're going to necessarily win today at Arkansas. I took Arkansas small money line, but they're doing it without Ty Ty Washington and without Xavier Wheeler. Looks like they may be without one or both of those guys today. But I think when you look at Kentucky, this is kind of a rare team because he has the young talent down there in Lexington. Cal always gets the five-star freshman, but he's got veterans. He's got Toshibwe, the transfer from West Virginia, who's a Naismith Award winner candidate. And you've got Kellen Grady, the the transfer from Davidson that can hit threes. Mints can hit threes because that's been one of the problems with Kentucky over the last couple of years is they can't hit the outside shot. They have all kind of talent, but they can't hit threes. Now they're more efficient offensively. We know Cal's teams have always guarded very well. So you've got depth on this team. You've got a proper mix of, I think, youth and experience. So I do like the Wildcats long term. And of those four, that would be the team I would pick to win it all. Yeah, I think that's well put. And let's go to the team that's sitting there four to one on the board, like I said. West shorter at a couple of books, three and a half to one here. That's Gonzaga. Gonzaga earlier this year beat St. Mary's by 16 on the road here against a ranked St. Mary's team. Opened 11. Looks like St. Mary's getting a little love at a couple of shops, 10 and a half, but mostly 11s here. We saw this play out up in San Francisco, right? Yeah. Where they were toying with San Francisco, 14-4 run coming out of the break and just ran away with it. Yeah, it was it was the same line virtually. It went mm -hmm. down to I think ten and a half on Thursday night. I was actually on the Dons for the first half. That did not get there. But look, uh, Gonzaga's closest game, I believe, in the WCC play was against San Francisco up there in the kennel, and they won by sixteen. So this is the team that's just a juggernaut right now. St. Mary's very good. I think St. Mary's still an at-large team, even if they yeah. don't get a win here. But when you look at Gonzaga, they don't really have a lot of weaknesses. They have size. They're efficient offense. They're efficient defensively. You can beat them a little bit off the dribble, but St. Mary's really isn't that team, I think, that can expose them off the dribble. Hey, Wes, let me ask you this. What is your thought process on level of comp and being uh, 16 ready? Of the 16 teams that make it, Gonzaga gets there, right? They win their first one against the, the 16 seed. They win their second one. And now they're in the Sweet 16. What do you think their readiness is based on the level of comp they faced and how easy the games have been for them? Are you concerned like last year it's going to happen? No, not really, Michael. I think Mark Few and company did a really good job in terms of the scheduling. They've already played Texas this year. They played UCLA. They played Duke. And then in December, they did lose, actually, in Seattle to Alabama. They played Texas Tech. So I think that they're relatively ready. They played some teams that they know that they're probably going to see in March. And I think this WCC, because Gonzaga is so dominant, we don't give this conference the credit it deserves. They're 
there are several good teams in this conference. I think they're at least going to get three bids. Obviously, Gonzaga, St. Mary's. You would think USF is in the mix, perhaps even BYU in the mix out of the WCC. So I think the competition, they're going to be ready for it. It's just, can you get them on a random night like Alabama did back in December? I don't want to steal the thunder with Femi and Wes coming up in just a little bit here. So I'll ask you a little overview. Are you, Wes Reynolds, are you, where are you on the Big Ten? It feels like we see it every year. We talk about how strong the conference mm -hmm. is, and then they start to, they whimper come tournament time. Overall, Big Ten, we were just arguing about Purdue. So bad defensively, but equally good offensively. Yeah, exactly. And Purdue was actually the first team that I bet after last year's national title game because I knew they were going to bring everybody back. I got them at 25-1. to 1, Good price, nice. but how long can they last? You know, I think they can get to the Sweet 16 just because they can outscore. I don't think it's going to be like a situation where they lost to North Texas in the first round, but that's what I think you have to do to Purdue. You kind of have to make yeah. this a little bit of a grinder, especially if you're out after. Leaded. But when you're 119 in defensive efficiency nationally and you're a power six program, that, that's that that's not very good. And I think one of the things about the Big Ten, you kind of mentioned that at a macro level. One of the things that's hurting the conference is how physical it is. And look, I like physical play in basketball, but I think if you look at the Big Ten and you compare it to other conferences, Big Ten can be tackle basketball. And it's being used against those programs, by the way, a lot in recruiting. You're seeing it this year. No McDonald's All-Americans going to the Big Ten next year for this year's class. So, you know, when a game is officiated differently in the tournament than you're used to kind of seeing it in the conference play, you know, when you go against like Wisconsin and they do that hook and hold mm -hmm. that they've been doing for for about 20 or 25 years. So you get this physical play, and then all of a sudden you see a lot more fouls called in the NCAA tournament where they don't let you get away with that stuff. But Purdue, I think they're the best team in the Big Ten. They certainly have an opportunity here coming up if they can win up in the Breslin Center, kind of put some distance between them and Illinois because they did sweep the Illini. Well, Ohio State, I keep on, Michael, I know I mentioned this a bunch of times, but Ohio yeah. State was in a gross spot when they went to Illinois. And I know they tried to give it away late, but that was a great win for Ohio yeah. State. Kind of a slept on team mm -hmm. as well. Especially off that Indiana game where they probably they didn't lost. deserve to win they that game. They should have lost that game. And, and Indiana did what they've done down the stretch and kind of, uh, you know, wet the bed a little bit and let Ohio State yes. back in. And Ohio State ends up pulling away in overtime. Not that you're bitter. No. Not, not at all. Not that. Not that, Mr. <laughs> not at all. Not that, Mr. Indiana. Even, even Keel. <laughs> Mr. Even Indiana Keel. to my right, your left is Wes Reynolds. He joins us here on the Lombardi line. Yeah, I mean, anyway, I, I bet Indiana, so I'll stop talking now. <laughs> <laughs> that, that really bothered me. That really got me. Um, Big East. They're gonna get six in. They're going to get seven. Where, where are we sitting with the Big East, Wes? I think they probably get at least six. Uh, you know, Villanova is a quality team. Providence is a good team. I don't want to, like, totally throw water on the Friars here, but they are the number one team in luck in the Ken Bomb, and for good reason. I mean, I believe they have won, like, 11 games decided, all 11 games decided by five or less, including three in overtime, beat Xavier the other night. So Providence is going to get in. I think Creighton is going to get in. I think uh, uh, there's a couple others. Seton Hall is probably going to get yep. in as well. So probably six out of the Big East. Yeah, I would think so. Villanova, Providence, you mentioned UConn, UConn Marquette, yes. Xavier, Seton Hall. Creighton's got some work to do, but a big win this week. I, th th that is, that's the conference, Michael, to me, that as Wes mentioned, uh, it, 
look, Villanova, the way they shoot free throws and Gillespie's a stud. And But other than that. They defend. Uh, yeah. And they, they defend. defend. This might be Jay Wright's best team since. Senior what? guards also win in the NCAA tournament, and that's what Villanova's got. We talk about it, Wes. I think that's so true. We talk about it all the time. I think it's so critical to have that element. And making free throws and senior leadership at the guard position, I think those combinations go together. Forget the rankings. Forget the seeding. I think that always is what, what determines who gets to the Sweet 16. And then from there, it becomes really a coach's game. Femi and I were discussing this team. Speaking of, you know, vets on the team and a great coach and great defense, Houston. Houston's loaded with vets. They made a Final Four run last year. They are. Now, they hit a little bit of skids here over the last couple of weeks. And, and I wonder how many of that conference is going to get in. We know Houston is going to yeah. get in, but are they going to be a two-bid league? SMU kind of getting hot laid under Tim Jankovic in terms of maybe making their case for an at-large. But Houston just they, – they have a lot of long guys. I saw them here up close and personal in the ex-officio Maui Invitational that was held at the Mandalay Bay Event Center. And this team's just got athletes. Kelvin's team have always guarded everywhere oh. he has been. So when you've got guys that are that long and versatile and can switch and guard multiple positions, but they did hit a, a rough skid about a couple weeks ago, losing at home to Memphis and then losing back-to-back. I uh, got that OT win on Sunday, but I still think that this is an experienced quality team. I expect I them, them to make second weekend. Thank you, Wes. We were going to invite Femi on, but he disrespected my donuts, so <laughs> I made him go sit in the corner. He's, <laughs> he's, in, he's warming up in the bullpen. <laughs> Wes Reynolds yeah. and Femi are coming up next here with three hours of basketball coverage on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Michael, enjoy your Saturday. Femi, uh, wait, wait a second. Before we go, yes. uh, uh, Wes, who you like, Arkansas, Kentucky today? I do like Arkansas. I bet them small money line today. That puts a smile nice. on Michael's face. The must bus continues to roll. Have a good That's Saturday, rolling. Michael. Thank you, Patrick. Okay, we'll Thank see you, you tomorrow. Stephen Bond. Thank Thanks, you, Wes. everybody behind the glass. Femi and Wes next here. These Sin, the Sports Betting Network. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. When you're an American Express Platinum card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even... Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply.